So as parents, it's not about keeping your kids from feeling disappointment. It's about teaching them how to deal with disappointment. And I think that's where a lot of parents, the, the mindset around parenting and disappointment is really to be focused on helping them through disappointment because they're going to feel lots of disappointment, you know, going through childhood, you know, a friend, they weren't invited to a party, they <laughs> lost a game, they, whatever it is that, you know, moves them into that place. So there's lots of opportunities. So to have the parent be very, um, uh, skilled, it's a skill, it's an art, you know, uh, to, to work with your emotions really. So to the more you deal with disappointment, we'll be a modeling, we'll be modeling for your kids, how they're probably going to deal with disappointment. So you got to get it down for yourself as a parent so you can model how to deal with that. And then you'll be better able to guide them through their own disappointment. Welcome to the let's be real podcast, genuine conversations for authentic living. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Lisa Allshafer, empowerment life coach and author. And I'm Sandra Pariser, health and wellness entrepreneur, truth seeker, and truth speaker. And today's episode is about rolling with the punches, moving forward from disappointment. And oh, what an excellent topic for today. Um, there is nobody on planet Earth that I don't think has dealt with something like this, and it's going to be really fun for us to uh, help you guys explore what that looks like and how Lisa, you and I get through disappointment. I mean, it's just, it's a fact of life and the human experience. So uh, don't forget to hit like, share, and subscribe if you feel so compelled. And Lisa, what you got? Let's get started. Let's get Let's rolling, rolling with those punches, right? Rolling, well, rolling. It, it, speaking of rolling, as the Rolling Stones put it in their song, you can't always get what you want. But if you try sometime, you get what you need. <laughs> so oftentimes those disappointments are rooted in what we want, and then things don't turn out the way we want, right? Uh, you know, one of the, uh, since Declaration of the Universe, um, one of the things that I've gotten really, really good at is trusting that whatever is for the highest and best good of all involved, so releasing attachment to uh, I just really want something to go a certain way. Um, really releasing the attachment to it has been, um, it's an art form. <laughs> it's not always perfect, but disappointment is absolutely a, just a, a, a part of life. So let's, yeah. uh, let's jump into how we can uh, help people navigate the disappointment yeah, well, and you can't always get what you want. Right. Can't always get what you want. And it is, it's inevitable. We're going to experience disappointment. There's no getting around it. <laughs> That's just part of life. There are things that are going to not turn out the way we want. We might have professional setbacks. We might have personal relationship setbacks, financial setbacks, or just things don't turn out the way we think they, that we, they were going to. And attachment is a big part of that. Um, so, but what's really important is oftentimes what happens when we're in a, a state of disappointment is we're going through a little bit of grief around the, the loss of what we thought would be oftentimes. And so the first real step in, in, in overcoming and moving forward from disappointment is just acknowledging your experience, acknowledging your feelings and your emotions, because that's all part of how you get through them. We don't want to just, you know, brush over them. We don't want to, you know, get buried in something else to take our mind off, but we really just do want to go through the process and because it can be a grieving process, 
um, it's kind of like with anything we grieve, if we don't move through the process, we get stuck in the grieving process. And so the acknowledgement of those feelings, which we've talked about in the past, and really that's part of the processing. We don't want to sit in them forever. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. We want to really be with them and acknowledge them and um, allow them to go through the full processing of that emotion. Um, and it might take an hour. It might take a day. It might take a weekend. It might take a, it might take a week to fully move all that energy through. But you don't want to have it continue to linger you want to actually, with intention, I'm going to go in and I'm going to feel this. I'm going to experience it so I can get to the other side of it. Oh, that is so beautiful. That really is so beautiful. It's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a piece of artwork, if you ask me. <laughs> so in, in, in trying to flow with um, what is happening and just even as you were talking, um, you know, I have a lot of close people who are, who have either passed away or are sick. And, um, a very, very dear friend of mine is going through, you know, boy, let me tell you something that is not something we have control over is mm -hmm. someone else's, uh, free will and man, how do you manage, how do you manage your emotions when you're so close to a situation. And, and now we really are talking about living and dying and um, honoring the person who's sick or who has passed. It uh, seems like I got a lot of that um, in my sphere right now. So, you know, it's out of our control. Um, we've talked about how my sister dealing with her uh, cancer situation and how, what an amazing trooper she is gives faith to, um, at least if that something like that was to happen to me, I would like to think that I would have the courage, um, to walk through it as a warrior, but it's, uh, easier said than done managing our emotions when it comes to what other people are doing or experiencing, you know, us wanting to help. We see it also in our children, um, anyway, not to go off on a tangent, just to, this is really, this really is intense managing our emotions in such extreme, um, emotions. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, whoa, you know? So anyway, well, you just know, popped in my head. And disappointment can show up a lot in relationships. It can, you, you know, there can be disappointment towards our children from our children to the parents can be disappointed. Oh my gosh, mommy's not perfect. Oh, <laughs> they might not, you know, call it disappointment, but that's ultimately what can happen is when, you know, our children realize we're human too, and mm -hmm. uh, we're not perfect and don't always, always make the right decisions. So, but, you know, parents can be disappointed in their children thinking they were going to do one thing and then they didn't. It's just mm -hmm. part of life. We can be disappointed in the people we choose to have as our spouse or our partner or whatnot, because, you know, they are, I thought, you know, they weren't what we thought they weren't who we thought they would be. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, especially in any kind of relationship, there's going to be like, Ooh, didn't know that was there <laughs> and stuff, especially in, you know, when relationships mature over time, you know, then you, then you really do know a lot mm -hmm. of about all that stuff, but there is, it's kind of little bits of bringing it down to size of who, you know, the, maybe the pedestal we put people on or, you know, 
usually people are, are at their best in the beginning of a relationship and then, you know, they relax more and then kind of some of that other stuff might come out that someone else might be disappointed in. We can be disappointed in ourselves. Holy macro, can we be disappointed in ourselves? You know, thinking we would be one way and it didn't turn out the way we had hoped or we didn't show up the way we wanted to or whatever the case might be. And so a lot of people walk around feeling disappointment in their in themselves or disappointed in their life. Oh my gosh, that was my run up to the declaration to universe was boy was I sitting in that for heavy heavy. Um you and I'd have conversations, how could I be doing this work basically my whole life and talk about disappointment in self. I I I should have all over myself. Right. I should have, would have, could have. Why am I not further along? Why am I not? I might as well be an ascended master by now for Pete's sake. No, it wasn't like that. It was really, um, yeah, yeah, I was so thoroughly disappointed in myself and where I was. And which is obviously it worked out perfectly for me because I did make, you know, I, I made a huge ask of, of universe of God to really, really heal me completely. Um, and I had to get to that breaking point where I was like, just defeated. Talk about disappointed in yourself. Um, on the other side of all of this is freedom. But, um, but yeah, that's exactly where I was when I just made a massive, it's so disappointed in, in judging myself and judging my progress and, and, and disappointed. Like, how could I just, how could I end up here at at the time, 46, 47 years old. And, you know, well, I did what I had to do in order to get where I had to go, which yeah. is here and now. And I think that's really important that you share that. I'm going to share an experience myself around that. But for people who are doing this work and then show up in a way that they feel like, why would I still be showing up that way? Or why am I, you know, and haven't I been doing this long enough? And <laughs> yeah. it reminds me of... Um, a time, this is kind of funny, this is when I lived in Summerlin, so, I don't know, maybe 12 years ago or something like that, and um, uh, I was at Costco there in Summerlin, <clears throat> you know, over by Town Center, right, Town Center, mm-hmm. and whatever, I don't remember the names anymore, Charleston, uh, and um, I had put my cart, I don't know, somewhere, not, it, I didn't take it all the way back to the, you know, the building, I just put it somewhere, and this woman walked by me, and she scolded me, <laughs> she scolded me for not putting, not walking my cart back, and I, I, I reacted, and I just got all, you know, uh, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I got really activated by it, and, um, and then I'm driving home, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I should be, I shouldn't be reacting this way. I've done so much work for so many years and here I am being all judgy about her cause she's judgy about me. And, and I went into that space of beating myself up because I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be showing up that way. And, but obviously it made an impression and it was also a lesson. It's like, it, it's, you're going to have those, those times where, you know, you, the right button gets pushed and you've been doing the work for 10 12, however many years it was at the time, 20, 25, yeah, 20, 25, (laughs) you know, and whatever. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, um, this is where a little bit of that unresolved energy comes up, comes to the surface. And sometimes it can be pretty potent. 
<laughs> pretty powerful. And that's another moment where you get to process that energy and approach it from a place of self-compassion and not putting these, you know, expectations, which we're going to get to about expectations, but, um, you know, not putting these unrealistic expectations. In fact, we'll just make that one next because we're moving into it. So <laughs> yeah. the second one, which was the third one, is set. So it's almost like an automatic transition yes. into bullet point. <laughs> yeah. So that realistic expectations is the mm -hmm. second step in moving forward from disappointment because, especially someone like me who carries the perfectionist gene, <laughs> um, you know, that's that that can get me in trouble. And so it's always remaining humble. It's always remaining a student. And, you know, everyone is a student, no matter how much of a teacher you are or a coach or anybody in that capacity, right? We're always students as well. And we're certainly always students of life. So, you know, be kind and compassionate and you don't know how much stuff's actually in there. So when it comes up, if you just beat yourself up again for it, or you're disappointed in yourself and you hold on to that disappointment, then you're just strengthening it just to have another experience with it. So grace is really important. Giving ourselves grace, giving others grace when it comes to disappointment and room and space. Yeah. And I think, I think right now our emotions are so heightened and and we will continue to talk about this as long as you and I are doing a podcast because mm -hmm. here we are world and it is getting dicey out there. And even for me, like I'm, I'm pretty even keeled now. I haven't really had an emotional uh, outbreak <laughs> in an unrealistic emotional outbreak in, in, in a while, which is like, wow, that's pretty cool. But you know, where it kind of gets me a little bit is, um, driving. <laughs> I got to tell you, like driving, you see people. Okay. So I'm a super fast driver. I know how to drive. I play with toys all the time. Um, so we were towing our boat in cause we had to get it winterized and it's freezing cold right now in Texas. Um, so we're driving our boat in and like, I'm a good driver, but, but why people like when people are not paying attention, Oh, gets me going. Right. And this, this is, this is an emotional outbreak, right? <laughs> Driving down the freeway somebody cuts me off. I've got a 30 foot boat behind me. And I'm like, you know, what, what's the point of that? Like, you're just not so, so, you know, you get a little spicy going on little emotional <laughs> outbreak. And I always will just take a breath and go, okay, this person either is totally not paying attention or doing it on purpose to elicit an emotional response because they're having an emotional outbreak. Uh, either way, and I'm just using this as an example, but it could be an example for anything, um, is, is when you get ruffled and all kind of discombobulated, um, just pay attention. Really, really, like, take some time and reflect on where is it coming from and process it right? Mm -hmm. Just go through the process of I'm feeling X, Y, or Z. Which by the way, since you're talking about reflection, I'm going to throw in that's number three, give yourself time to reflect. So we can, isn't that so that funny? In. We're transitioning so quickly, accidentally through this whole thing. This is really, really good. Um, mm -hmm. 
yeah, the reflecting part is probably the most important part about processing is, is try and, you know, you're, you're so great at saying this too, is get curious about why are you feeling this way? Why are you feeling this way? And the only way to get some clarity on that is to sit and reflect and really, you know, why am I feeling this way? What's coming up for me? And I can do this so much faster than I've ever used to be able to do this. And I say driving because it's the one thing that kind of happens on the regular these days. That I'm, well, and, every, and most everyone drives, you know, so it's an easy example to relate to because everyone's gotten pissed off driving. <laughs> yes. You know? Yes. Mm -hmm. so oh, yeah. Whatever. yeah. Yeah. And it seems to be like, for me, it's that one thing that kind of seems to, um, because I'm so fast, I got to slow it down, girl. I slow it down. But I, I move through this game of life very, very quickly. I, I'm actually interviewing an assistant today. We're getting closer to Sandra and Alan getting your, some help. Your thumb, your thumb came up. <laughs> oh, it did? That thumb has the best timing, really. Uh, oh, it look at the, the bubble. Timing. It's a yeah. bubble thumb. <laughs> as soon as you said you were interviewing and for an assistant today, that was funny. Boom. She's already get, he or she is already getting the thumbs up. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and this does come back into managing disappointment, right? Because, um, first of all, it's so hard to find somebody that fits into, like, how do I find a Sandra? Oh, I've been looking for Sandra, another Sandra for a long, long time. Um, and so I have a lady that I'm working with. Um, she's a recruiter. I don't know if it's a recruiter or I don't know what her title would be, but you know, I'm paying somebody to, to find me somebody just like me. Um, and so we have actually two interviews, one today and then another one on Wednesday. And, uh, and I, I really am practicing releasing the attachment to outcome managing disappointment. Like I needed an assistant, what, a year ago? <laughs> so, you know, or two or two or three or four or five or six. Um, but I'm, I'm very excited because I know the right person at the right time absolutely is going to cross my path, you know, just, and this is another really great thing to manage expectations and manage disappointments, like is to really not even put that out there, right? The right person at the right time for our family and I have a feeling it's going to be Monday or Wednesday, but I'm releasing the attachment to the outcome. Yeah. Well, and that's an important part, which goes into realistic expectations. Oftentimes we feel disappointment when we don't have control over the outcome. Now that can be flipped because sometimes the outcome's better than we could have planned. But that's usually when someone isn't so attached to the outcome that it comes out better than what we planned. When we are attached to the outcome, that's when we have our expectations put in there to what you want it to be so badly that when it doesn't happen, the disappointment rolls in. Mm -hmm. um, I, I used in, a, in, in my course, Roadmap to Self-Empowerment, I used an example of expectation and disappointment as a cycle because uh, the uh, cycle of disappointment can definitely be a pattern in our lives. So I use the example of um, uh, a woman who s has started a lot of businesses and every time she 
takes a business home to share with her parents, her parents are always kind of skeptical and, well, you know, are you sure this is a good move? Is this a good company? Blah, 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 you know, whatever. So she's gone through this many, many times. And so then she goes in again with her expectations that somehow they're going to be different this time. And of course they're not. So to come out of the cycle of disappointment, first of all, you have to keep looking at, are you expecting something that has shown you again and again that it's a different way than you want it to be? Because disappointment can definitely be a, a major pattern in someone else's life. So you have to match your expectations to something that of the reality of which you have experienced. That will be much more in alignment with what to be able to expect. But sometimes there is just releasing expectation altogether, attachment to the outcome. People will show you where they're at, so then you adjust the expectations to that or whatever it is. But when you release the attachment to outcome, it frees you and it frees the energy from being so constricted. And that's what you have been doing a lot of, right? You've been doing a lot of that, and myself too, right? But it still sneaks in there periodically and does its thing. And it's like, okay, I don't have control over this. So just you know, this reminds roll me with of the punches. Of, yeah, my, my, well, first of all, two things. Like my mom and um, my sister Jenny, when we were young kids, um, I don't remember how many years this went on, like really, really young kids in my most dysfunctional uh, component of childhood. Uh, I had a great aunt who um, lived right next door to the Jackson Empire in Encino, and she was wonderful. She would take us, you know, we were the three little girls and we were sorely neglected and we didn't have much, but... um, but she was awesome. So she'd take us in her Cadillac. Remember the Cadillacs with the, the wheels on the back? Um, so she would take us every year uh, to Disneyland. And after the first Disneyland, my sister Jenny realized like, oh, we're going to Disneyland again. The expectation was it's going to be just as amazing as it was then. It's going to be that crazy now. And, um, and she would literally get herself sick from the excitement, the expectation she got. So, um, and so my aunt learned, just don't tell them, just pick them up in the morning and take them. Otherwise Jenny's going to get sick. Um, so there's just something to think about there. And then I remember, um, it wasn't very long ago with my mom that we were talking about she always wanted a white Christmas. She wanted all of us to be in a cabin with snow and all together and, you know, for Christmas. And she's still to this day, um, that would be her like one wish. But then we all grew up and had kids and families. And, you know, of course that sort of fell by the wayside, but I can't remember when I had this conversation, but it was a couple years back with her. I'm like, mom, you have to let go of the anticipation of an expected result um, because it's that anticipation that's going to let you down and you'll be disappointed. And then you're in this, this whole loop and she's gotten so much better. I'm so, I'm so thrilled for her. Mom, I'm really proud of you. You're really doing a good job of managing your emotions. <laughs> and But it's it's really this cycle that we're talking about right now. Every, 
I don't know anybody who hasn't experienced it, right? When you set yourself up for, you know, it's going to be this way. This is the way it's going to be. And especially when you're dealing with other personalities, like if you're dealing, dealing with something for yourself, then the only person you're going to disappoint should it not go the way you want it to go is going to be you. But most of the time, there are other humans involved in what we're trying to create. So, um, and yeah, you're right, Lisa, over really, it's really been since Miracle Monday, June 19th, that I really, the work is starting to, all the work is, is really, I don't really expect anything anymore. And I don't, I, I literally, my mantra is for whatever is the highest and best good of all involved. We've talked about that. And that just really helps me put things in perspective. Like um, the Garth Brooks song, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Like you can't always get what you want. Um, but if you le lead into divinity or lean into, we are just, humans are just so outstanding in what our capacity really yeah. is that we're, sh we're scratching the surface. But this is a good start, you know, like, lean into divinity, trust your higher self, trust your, trust your creator, trust the magic. Um, it's my license plate, my license plate miracles. You know what a joke from universe that was? Like I wanted so bad for it to say miracle, but that one was taken. The fact that miracles was still there. It, and this is the, the joke from universe is that there's miracles everywhere. There's not one miracle. There's like miracles everywhere. So Anyway, yeah. that was my little tirade for the moment. Well, even, you know, with time to reflect, sometimes you don't have time to reflect. You're in a moment. Weddings would be a perfect example. Holy cow. Because how many times have you been in a wedding and something didn't go quite right? <laughs> so you can either get mired down in it, especially if you're the bride. Usually the bride's the one on the highest emotional call, right? You know, she's the one who's experiencing a lot. And, um, and so it can either go, she, she can either, either self implode or roll with the punches because there's just sometimes, oh, okay. So when I was a bride, <laughs> one time I was a bride. <laughs> I was I just about to talk bride stories because er, you know, if you've been a bride. Everyone like, has a bride story. Oh my gosh. So I, I'm such a do it yourselfer, right? So I, I, I did my own three tier cake. I frost, I made it, I frosted it. It was in the freezer. I had never done a cake like that before. It turned out really well, but the morning of my wedding, it melted because I guess I didn't do the freezing right or I wasn't even there. I didn't even see it. So we had to do a sheet cake from Kroger's, which is a Michigan um, thing for my all wedding cake. After I put yeah. all that. Yeah. And uh, Vons, I think is the equivalent to that. But um, anyhow, it's, it was just, okay, go buy the sheet cake. Cause it, <laughs> What are you going to do? You just got to keep, you know, yeah. you got to move through some of this stuff and not let it spoil the rest of whatever's going on, especially like a, you know, a wedding. But I have seen people and I've seen brides who just start to get, uh, it start, it, it absolutely starts to self, they start to self implode because their wedding day isn't going as planned. And you got to rise to that occasion, right? So, mm. I mean, that's, well, you don't have to, but it would be best if you could rise to that occasion oh so your God. memories don't just, you know. Weddings. Mm -hmm. 
Weddings, weddings. Yeah, I had a wedding. How many years ago was that now? 2009, 15 maybe years ago? That was, um, boy, I'm so glad I'm not back at that age, 34 years old. Like, whoa, man. I, we were overprepared. We had, I mean, it was to a T, to a T. And I still, I had so much anxiety that day. It was awful, awful. But we roll, I, you got to roll with it because, you know, I just couldn't. You, you got to recover quickly in those You got to recover quickly. And yeah. that day ended up, you know how days usually fly by? That mm-hmm. day was so slow. That day was so slow. And they kept saying like, oh, the bride can't see the groom. Like we were doing that whole thing. And, um. And I just, I was having this like anxiety attack. I just realized like I'm the lady in the white dress and all cameras on me and everybody's going to be staring at me. And I had like radical anxiety and I'm like, oh dear. And all I wanted was Alan. And they're like, no, you can't see Alan. And I'm like, this is a really stupid rule. Like he's the only person that can calm me down right now. And, and you know, everybody was on this mission to create their own perfect wedding day in my wedding day. It was so weird, Mm -hmm. but yeah, you roll, you got to roll. Let's go. Roll. And mm-hmm. also because oftentimes other people are involved in the disappointment experience. So as parents, it's not about keeping your kids from feeling disappointment. It's about teaching them how to deal with disappointment. And I think that's where a lot of parents, uh, the, the mindset around parenting and disappointment is really to be focused on helping them through disappointment because they're going to feel lots of disappointment, you know, going through childhood, you know, a friend, they weren't invited to a party, they lost a game, they, whatever it is that, you know, moves them into that place. So there's lots of opportunities. So to have the parent be very um, uh, skilled, it's a skill, it's an art, you know, uh, to, to work with your emotions really. So to the more you deal with disappointment, We'll be a modeling. We'll be modeling for your kids how they're probably going to deal with disappointment. So you got to get it down for yourself as a parent, so you can model how to deal with that, and then you'll be better able to guide them through their own disappointment. But I think a lot of parents, it's just kind of our natural tendency is we don't want to see our kids disappointment, disappointed. We don't want to see our kids hurting and having negative emotions and you know mad, sad, you know all those types of things. But the best thing you could do for your children is teach them how to deal with these emotions instead of trying to prevent them from experiencing them or distracting them from the emotion, which is why that first step of acknowledging your emotions is really important because the more you allow your child to also process that emotional energy too, the more you're setting them up to be more resilient when these disappointments come along. It's like the everybody deserves a trophy kind of concept. Mm-hmm. And I've never subscribed to that. I I don't know where that even started because if you can't... Because te- they didn't want kids to feel disappointed. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? Like the game of life doesn't work like that. It, it really doesn't work like that. You're not going to get that job. You know, when you've got 100 people applying for the same job, you got a one in 100 chance. <laughs> so how are you going to manage that? And, and I, you know, I, um, cause my kids are young so that everybody gets a trophy thing. They're not part of that. I won't have them be part of that. 
Um, that's why I loved the girls when they were in elite youth and their professional dance aerobics team and coach Stephanie, God bless her heart, um, really was instilling in them the mindset piece, you know, like not everybody wins. You compete, you compete, you do the very best you can and whatever the outcome is, the outcome is, but only one person gets the gold star, the gold trophy, the gold whatever, you know, there's only one and there's lots of people competing for that. So the best thing that happened, I mean, this whole story with Stacy Mia, since we moved to Texas, like watching her start to shine again. Oh, there's just nothing like it in the world, but really it happened. It was just a conversation that I had with her. There was a friend of hers that she, um, in the beginning of the year. So she met this friend, uh, last spring and this friend is an only child who just moved into the school district. And, um, we were asked, Stacy Mia was asked if she would just kind of welcome her into the school. And, and of course, you know, Stacy last, last year was just a mess. So this semester, this year, starting in August, um, this, this girl just really wasn't receptive. And, you know, Stacy wants to get in there and fix things. She wants to fix other people. She wants to make sure they're okay. She wants to get in and manage their disappointment. And she wants to fix them. And this was, I think, the turning point for her to really go, okay, I got this thing. And we're driving home from school. And I said, look, I said, I said, Stace, I said, not everybody has parents like you you know, mommy and daddy are wide awake and we love each other very much. And we have an open relationship and an open home. And you can talk to us about absolutely anything. I said, this little girl moved here. She's an only child. We don't know what the dynamics are like over at her house. And, you know, she might be really pissed at her parents for moving her away from her all of her super friends and she might just be resistant to making any new friends because she's just pissed and you need to leave her alone. Just leave her alone. Don't try to fix her. Don't try to talk to her on the playground. You know, you can be kind to her and absolutely be kind to her, but move on. Mm -hmm. And, and then she said something like, I don't know if you remember this or not, Lisa. She's like, you know, mommy, sometimes I just feel so alone. And I was like, whoa, me too. <laughs> and this was like the game changer. When Stacy Mia realized that she's alone, I said, guess what? You're never alone. You've got your higher self. You got your soul self. You got your guides. You got your angels. And you have creator inside you. You're never alone. But to feel that way is totally normal because we all feel alone. And Lisa, we can actually just touch on that. Cause I think that that is a, um, as I've grown in this last year, I mean, I have gone through so, um, it's been a long time that I, you and I've talked about this. Like my husband does not look at things that I look at. He is not interested in conspiratorial, like government's out to get us. Like <laughs> three letter agencies are trying to kill us. Like he is just not on board with that. I mean, he is now, but way back when, when was this 20, 
2015, 2016, 2017. Um, and in my career in the health and wellness arena, I have been picking on the EPA and the FDA and all of these three-letter agencies for so long. I made a career out of it. And so, like, do you remember this? Remember Alan would just, like, not – he was not having it. And uh, talk about alone. I felt so alone. I basically had you to talk to. <laughs> You, my girl Gretchen, I mean, I die. I had some Corey, like I had my friends that I could talk to about it. But at the end of the day, as I'm lying there in bed and I can't talk to my spouse about things that move me, it really, that alone feeling was very real. I just don't feel that way since I've connected into creator and connected into my guides and then to give that to Stacy and watch her grab it. And she's been running ever since. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and you know, what I have witnessed and experienced myself, especially when I really first got into this work, this transformational, deeper work, um, you want to share it with everybody. So as you were finding out information for yourself around these other things, you know, it was even though it was maybe more negatively oriented, but you just want to tell people about it. Like, you've got to know this stuff. And I mm -hmm. started out with that with transformational work. You've got, there's a way, there's a whole nother way to do this thing called life. Come on board, you know. But then what happens is uh, you recognize, oh, not everyone is on board with that. And so, and then that can feel disappointing mm -hmm. or even frustrating, you know, that they're not, uh, they're not taking it. They're not, <laughs> they're not uh, either interested in it or whatever. And oftentimes it's not even about interest. It's about fear. Mm -hmm. Because when, especially when you're talking about some of the stuff that you're talking about, this is a paradigm breaking, you know, shift for a lot of people that they have believed something for so long that to say that actually the opposite is true, they're not trying to extend our life, but shorten our life. Wait a minute here, that can't be true. And so it really creates a lot of conflict mm -hmm. internally, which is why people can get so now mired down in their position of, I don't want to know, or I don't believe that or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But for transformational work, it's, I don't want to open that Pandora's box. I don't want to see what's in there. And when you keep talking about this deep work, all I want to do is go the other direction because I don't want to do deep work. I don't want to find out. And so, and that's okay. It's, it's, that's just, they're just not ready. They're just mm -hmm. not ready. It's not anything other than that. There's too mm -hmm. much fear holding them back. And even to some of the, you know, even for people who have been in the work for a long time to go to that next deeper layer, <laughs> you know, we kind of go through these phases. It's like, I don't know if I want to go there or, you know, what, what the hell else is left in there that I need to deal with because it feels pretty scary mm -hmm. or painful or whatever it might be. So, um, but that's what can happen when, and so for you, it, it felt like you were alone, mm -hmm. right? Oh. And I think. Yeah. 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 It really was. It really, I, I'm just reflecting back to that time. I can't remember what year it was. Actually, it was probably by this time. Oh, it was the summer of 2019 when I got the download that I was going to run for Congress and make a yeah. difference and run on an independent ticket and give the Uniparty a run for their money. Boy, was I, uh, boy, did I get 
right size pretty quick. Um, but yeah, that was that summer of 2019 because it was at my company convention in May of 2019 that I woke up in the morning and it was like, you're running for public office. Oh, okay. All right, let's go. And remember that, Lise? We went to town and we had our first meeting and you were so amazing. And we set up my 501c4 and my website and we, we did the work. And we did the work until I got another download saying, which was two years later, saying, you're not part of rebuilding this old world. You will be re part of rebuilding the new world, but not the old world is so scummy. We had no clue back then how bad our government actually really, how big of a mess our government really is. I mean, it's just really already enough trying to impose different laws, restrictions, and telling us what to do and putting all sorts of poisons in our food and our water and our personal care product. Like, it's just, it is what it is today. We know that. But that was the summer that I kept trying to cram down my husband's throat the facts of the world in which we live. And he mm -hmm. just was so resistant. And here I'm coming with, I've got all the facts. <laughs> and he was like, the FBI's not bad. The CIA's good. No, no, these agencies are corrupt to the core. But yeah, that loneliness is gone now. But I will also say, even before Declaration of the Universe, I was um, alone was the name of the game for me. And I remember my channeler asking me, he says, um, this was right when we moved to Texas. He's like, do you know of anybody else like you in the world? And I was like, maybe Lisa. <laughs> I was like, I really don't, you know, I, I, there's just, I, I didn't. And, uh, and that was my answer. And he says, he, it, that was the first time he actually touched on the whole alone piece. And it gave me comfort to know like, well, first of all, I'm not. Now I sit here and I go, oh, I've got, I've got so much. I could keep myself busy forever. If I never had a conversation with another human being, I could totally, I would be so out there. It's not even funny. Not alone. Not alone. We are not alone. And uh, I know in one of our previous podcasts, when we you know, dabbled into depression and what we're all kind of struggling with is we're coming through this um, from the world of deception to the world of transparency. And we're going in and, you know, I think that, that we deserve it. We deserve to know the truth about everything. I want to know the truth about everything and I don't care where the truth takes me. Um, but yeah, like to really just kind of know where you're at in seek help if you need it. Seek professional help if you need it. Um, Lisa and I will be here for you, right? And love mm -hmm. you along the way. And, um, you know, we're, we're coming together and we've got this thing. And um, it's really exciting. It's really exciting to be able to talk about some of these deeper subjects as far as managing our experience, yeah. creating our reality. Well, and having, again, that self-compassion is a key step, but having compassion for others as well, empathy, you know, because not everyone is going to be at the same pace as mm -hmm. ourselves. Not everyone's going to be at the same readiness stage as ourselves. And some people 
Oh, okay, I got it. Um, there is a, I can't, I don't know what the actual diagram is called, but it's a bell curve. And you've got the, basically the, I guess the inventor stage, whoever kind of first comes up with a concept, mm -hmm. say like a cell phone or whatever, you know, and then you have the early adopters mm -hmm. and then you have the, you know, Masses. like going viral. And then you have the first half of the chunk of population who, mm -hmm. who are the, um, I don't remember, again, I'm just thought of this. I don't remember all the official names of them, but who really start to adopt, you know, this, whatever this new thing, a new belief, a new product, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Then you have the late adopters that are on the other side of that bell curve. And then you have the people who just are, you know, on a rotary phone still, <laughs> You know, it's it's like they're just they're just so resistant to change that they they'll never buy a, yeah. a cell phone or whatever. And I don't know if those people actually exist, but you know that's yeah. just kind of uh, how it goes. It takes a lot of energy and time to move something new through the population. Mm. And so I would say we're more of the early adopters of a lot of things, especially in the world of truth and, and understanding and transformational work and all that. Um, but there's definitely people who preceded us that were much, had a much harder time, um, you know, trying to help people understand these universal laws, these principles, you know, that have been around mm -hmm. for a long time. They were, well, they've always been around, but they haven't been talked about uh, mm -hmm. for, you know, much. And now they're just kind of, you know, they're getting out there more and more and people are more uh, comfortable with the languaging of energy and vibration mm -hmm. and things like that. But talk that way even 20 years ago and people would look at you you're like you were some tree hugging hippie or something, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, way, the, you're way in the woo, way yeah, in the woo. you're way in the woo, way in the yeah. woo. And it's like, well, no, actually it's, it's scientific as you have shared before. You'll be very excited when, you know, the science meets the theory, the, what has been seen as theory, and it actually becomes scientifically proven, right? Mm -hmm. Or um, in whatever way that is. We are so close to that. I, I was um, listening to a podcast last night, and I was sharing it with Alan this morning in just a loving way. And he mm -hmm. actually listened. So the Sumerian tablets have been around forever and ever and ever and ever. Um, the real, the real history of, of planet earth actually, or, or should I say the human species on planet earth? And, um, I can't remember the gentleman's name, really, really interesting archeologist. So I didn't know this. So now I'm so surprised in 2024 that the Sumerian tablets are everywhere. And there's a whole group of true pioneers that are really getting to the bottom of what does it mean to be human and the power that we have inside and why. Um, the pineal gland and how that whole thing works and our connection into all things and what a unique species human beings are. And mm -hmm. I, it, so anyway, so I'm, I'm listening to this podcast last night and I'm like, it was 2017. So what happened, what, and I'm, I am no expert I'm just sharing with you. So if I get the details wrong, forgive me. Um, but it's something really exciting that I was listening to. So he was explaining that in 2017, new tablets came out from under either a lake, under water of some kind in Turkey. So the Sumerian tablets up till a certain time really just kind of stopped at Noah's Ark 
and that there was this big gap in so Sumerian tablets from before and then there was just this big gap but in 2017 they found and picked up the pieces because there were new tablets that were found and talks about the hieroglyphics and how um how these images were put into um a composite that it's like a it's like a granite but um I can't remember the name of what the actual um what they were painted on um, or what they were imprinted on and that that technology like we can't duplicate it today we mm. can't duplicate it it's like the pyramids right so yeah. um where did this technology come who was here before how far have we dated back so i'm telling alan this this morning i'm like two hundred and twenty thousand years whoa and how do all the primates on planet earth have 48 chromosomes but something happened with humans because we got 46 like so what's happening here? So all of this is um, so fascinating to, well, to you and me, and I think probably to our audience, because you're watching a podcast about what the inner world, this is, this is what you and I are sharing is inside, go inside, go super deep. And the messages that are coming in through um, pretty much every, like every channel that I'm looking at right now is it's the inner standing which is so amazing. That's why I'll never be lonely again. I got so much going on inside, right? And, and, and you know, you and I are here to talk about the emotions that come up are meant to be healed and processed and acknowledged. Mm -hmm. And again, I just say this because you were the queen of, um, at least for me and Alan, of get curious, why do you feel that way? Own it if it's yours, because it's yours. You feel it, you own it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, but the deeper you go, the clearer you become, which is really interesting because it feels it's a bit of a paradox. The deeper you go, the more connected you become. So even though it's not fun always to go deep because you're going into deeper into your, you know, unresolved issues, your, your pain, your, your fears and so forth. But the only way they're going to clear is by going into them and resolving them and healing mm -hmm. them and so forth. And the other, the, the reward for doing that is so much greater than, um, staying in it. I mean, mm -hmm. to stay in it, it's just going to get worse to try to get away from it. It's just going to get worse. It's going to get the, the negativity will get stronger, but even about, you know, for some people, I've heard them say, gosh, I wish I would have started this work sooner. So they're disappointed. We'll bring it back to disappointment. Yeah, 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 <laughs> totally. That they didn't start sooner. Oh my gosh, my life would have been so much better if I would have just gotten off my, you know, duff and, 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 and gotten into this and just did it. And it's like, yeah, well, you weren't ready. You just weren't ready. Otherwise, you would have done it sooner. Um, so it's accepting what is. Instead of yeah. resisting what is, accepting what is, and then just now move forward, move forward from wherever you are. Because even though um, someone, might, I might work with somebody who is older, maybe in their 50s, 60s, whatever, and I can work with somebody in their, you know, 30s or 40s or 20s uh, as well. Um, <laughs> But we're also collectively moving forward, whether you want to or not. So whatever age you are, when we're, be, when we're accelerating into a time to we're truly to be evolving, some will be older, some will be younger. 
And, but as we talked about in our last podcast, the people who have already set foundations within their own life are setting foundations to make it easier for the people who follow, which Mm -hmm. is an awesome service to provide. It's a very spiritual service to provide. And it's not that they're better, that they started earlier, that they've done more work. It's just, they just, they just did more before you showed up on the scene. That's it. They're just further along. They're not better than, they're just further along. And so find people who have gotten further along than you because they know the path. They know the, the, they know the roadblocks. They know, you know, the, the pitfalls. They know, you know, the emotional upheaval that can occur. Um, I've had people who feel like they're having a breakdown. And as the, as the saying goes, it's breakdown before the breakthrough. But man, we need people in those moments where we feel like we're breaking down. Because Mm -hmm. we are breaking down. We're breaking down stuff that has existed inside us that's not serving us. That's being broken down so -hmm. that you can make room for the new. When you talk about the government, you talk about all these, you know, three-letter agencies. Honestly, the new has not arrived yet. (laughs) We're still breaking down. We're breaking, that's a perfect example, analogy. Uh, We're breaking down the old. We're breaking down this old system that's no longer working. Is it fun? Heck no. No, it's not fun, but it's waking people up, right? And a lot of people are feeling disappointed because they believed in a system that never really was truly there for them. It weakened them. And now the disappointment of that is going to settle in. And that's going to be a big grieving period for a lot of people because it's, you know, if you have strong belief systems about what you believe to be true and you find out it's not true, it's a hard pill to swallow. It's a big punch. We're talking about rolling with the punches. That's a huge punch in the face of your life. Mm -hmm. So it's going to take a little recovery time to get beyond some of these bigger, you know, belief systems that someone might have been under. Well, Um, and that, that is, I think that is a perfect um, reflection point for anybody that's listening right now. If you're tied into a potential expectation for an outcome. Like we can talk, it's 2024. We're in an election year. Personally, I don't see how we get there. Mm -hmm. Um, I just don't, I don't know how there's so much division and things are so broken and you're right. It's continuing to, to just absolutely shatter, 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 shatter. So we're watching (laughs) Humpty Dumpty hasn't quite fallen off the wall yet, (laughs) but we're getting really, really, really close. So, but, um, but the emperor is walking around with no clothes. <laughs> yes. Great analogy. So if something you can, triggers- You all can surmise who the emperor is because we're not going to say, we're not going to get political here, but no. we definitely yeah. have some, some uh, you know, things going on that's becoming much, much more obvious to people and it's got to get pretty- um, pretty obvious, pretty in the negative for people to, to wake up and see it. You know, sometimes I, I don't turn the news on. I don't turn television on. I, I don't do that anymore. On that note, I will say this. Yeah. But anyway, it would be interesting for me to turn on, uh, mainstream news and see what kind of stuff's coming out because that, that really is where the masses are getting their information from. And, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in what people are getting fed, but I can tell you 
it's um, really hard to miss. <laughs> but I will say on a positive note, because taking my kids to movies, I mean, they're 9 and 11. So they, you know, you take your kids to movies. And I can't tell you how many movies I've walked out of and been like, really? Wow. Why? Right? Like, why was that in there? What, what's their point in throwing out such propaganda and brainwashing? And, you know, you roll your eyes because, you know, my kids are going to get reality, whether they want it or not, from me and from <laughs> my husband. <Yes. laughs> so we went and took the girls to see Wonka. I cannot tell you how great I felt walking out of there. It was because you've seen Willy Wonka, right? Well, I've in the seen, Chocolate Factory. Well, yeah. I mean, I saw it with Gene Wilder. I saw it with yeah. Johnny Depp. Yeah, I don't know dark. if there's a newer newer one or not, but yeah, yeah. It just came out in the theaters. It, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate. I was an Oompa Loompa when I was in the eighth grade. I just want you all to know that I was in the play. Um, so it's been around, you know, your whole life, my whole life. It's Willy Wonka, uh, Gene Wilder. So, you know, my kids over time, because we went and saw Willy Wonka, my my uh, Stacey Mia's friend was in a little play. So we went and saw it. And it's like, and you go back and you watch the movie and you go, God, yuck. Like, I mean, you know, blueberry muffin and, you know, poofed up into a ball and, you know, you eat the chocolate and you get washed out and, I mean, whoa, this, this, this is dark, right? Like what are our kids yeah. watching, watching who wants to win a chocolate bar when you're going to all like only one person gets chosen. The rest of you guys get spit out. It's like, ah, oh, whatever. This was beautiful and magical and imagination. And, um, it was sweet and wonder. Yeah. <laughs> There's the thumbs up. Um, how does it know to do that? That's so funny. Um, anyway, I was, I was pleasantly surprised that a really well done movie came out for kids that was so imaginative, gave children belief and lots of miracles and magic and all in the most perfect way. It was so, it was so wonderful. Here I am talking about a good movie. Can you believe that? I'm shocked myself. But you know what? That has existed through many decades if you look at the disney movies and things like that and all the things that are subliminally put into all that stuff mm -hmm. that are designed for kids right so but that's part of that would be a perfect example of no disney's all you know pro child and 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 they're the best company in the world you know or whatever they're just so but it's like well just really go back with a little bit different eye and see some of the, the Why does the mom always die? Why is it always the mom that dies? Why why right out of the gate somebody's dead, a parent's dead? It's like, oh. Well, even beyond that, even beyond that, but just the subliminal programming that exists mm -hmm. in, in there, right? So yeah. but that would be, a you know, that would be, oh, my gosh, you know, what if it's not what we thought it was? And, and that goes just, that's, that's a level of disappointment that's got a much bigger gravity to it. It's beyond mm -hmm. disappointment, but it can start with disappointment and then move to a much graver feeling of, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, what would be the feeling? 
not destroyed, that's a bit too much, <laughs> mm. right? But, but you know, feeling, you know, just a, a much greater, more intense feeling around some of the stuff that can start to feel disappointment and then it can go wheeling down into uh, or spinning down into a much more intense emotion. Yeah. So devastation, yeah. maybe devastation. Anyway, yeah. So, okay. So moving on. So now, you know, also looking at some of these things that we can be disappointed by and how can we learn from the experience that's bringing in the disappointment? You know, what is that? Especially when it's in a pattern, like I was talking about earlier, you know, that expectation disappointment, which is a big pattern. It's a very common pattern. What can you <laughs> learn from it? And of course, letting go of being attached to the outcome and accepting what is, is going to be a huge part of that lesson. Being attached to outcomes is such a human condition. You know, we get our, it's not about not having hope and excitement. It's not about going the other direction saying, oh, I'm just going to expect the worst. You don't want to expect the worst either. <laughs> you want to let go of the expectation and just trust that whatever the outcome is of something, that first of all, you'll get past it, but there might be something to learn from the experience. So if you have something that, um, even in your business, so when, and, you know, when people come into your business, there's, there's a learning curve and there's a lot of, you know, approaching people and every business has sales in it. Every business mm -hmm. has sales in it, marketing. It's not one of my favorite parts for sure. It's my least favorite part. And I think it is for a lot of people. So, uh, so it can really challenge people to get out of their comfort zone and be disappointed if someone doesn't, you know, buy a product or service of someone's business and so forth. So mm -hmm. for you and your business, I'm sure there's a lot of disappointment you need to deal with with people because they might, they come in excited and then they, you know, reality sets in, oh, I got to actually do some work here. And, mm -hmm. you know, it's going to put me outside of my comfort zone. So dealing with that is, uh, it's an opportunity for growth. It reminds me of a, uh, someone that I worked with years ago and not your business, but it was a different business. And uh, he wanted to get over his fear of um, rejection and all that kind of stuff. And I said, make the process of you overcoming your fear of rejection your goal. And so here's mm. going to be, now we're going to switch over to the last thing here. And that is, you know, to set new goals, to mm -hmm. set goals that move you through disappointment more easily and by learning from the experience. So the, so the goal was actually do this business for your personal growth. Keep that as your top goal because it's going to challenge you. It's going to bring up your fears, fears, fears of rejection, uh, fears of being judged or whatever it is or not being good enough. So use this as an opportunity for your personal growth and keep that at mm. the forefront of your top goal. And yeah. so he started out, he had some good results, he was good, but then as time went on, he started to get lose sight of that initial goal. And mm. it's like, people aren't saying yes, people aren't doing this, you know, people aren't, you know, I'm, I'm getting really frustrated. And I said, what's your number one goal? And he says, well, to get people to sign up. And I'm like, exactly you lost track of, you lost sight of your initial goal. You're here to use this for your own personal growth. That's the main reason you're doing this. So when you get a no, mm -hmm. that's your opportunity to move through the disappointment mm -hmm. and, 
and it gives an opportunity for that stuff that you want to clear to come up to the surface mm -hmm. and clear. I've certainly, you know, I've, I've been going through that. And, you know, when I put out a program and it's like, okay, where's all the people? I've got this great stuff to share with you. <laughs> where's all the people? And it's yeah. like, yep. So then it brings up my stuff and, 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 uh, and then I get to, I get to work through it. But yep. again, got to keep in mind, let go of being attached to the outcome. Got to yeah. let go of that because that's going to just make it so much easier to go through. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen as long as you're doing what you possibly can, which might be part of resetting yourself and setting new goals. Maybe there's something that needs to be changed in, in an approach to your business. Uh, maybe there's something that you know needs to be tweaked. Maybe it's not the right time. Who knows? But ultimately... It's keep putting one foot in front of the other and moving to whatever you can have control of and doing next. For sure. I, I was just um, on the phone with a friend of mine who's in my business and uh, we had a super crazy, busy, busy, busy weekend. Um, <laughs> and so one of her potential new customers <laughs> started just laying into ingredients and you got an F on the EWG, the environmental working group web website. <laughs> and she was just like, so deflated. Right. I'm like, Oh no, honey, here's your lesson, right? Like here's the lesson in it. Environmental working group is a pay to play website. They didn't start out that way. They actually started out as a really great tool to research good clean companies and they give every company a grade and so what was there's there's an ingredient um oh gosh crl or it super toxic i think it's got glyphosate in it and they give that one an a plus and they give our cleaning products an f it is like okay right like so pay to play and we don't pay to play so this lady just nailed my girlfriend and she is a super bomb pro, super bomb pro. And, you know, but it takes you back when you don't know, right? You don't, you don't know the answer to that. And yet I would, oh man, if somebody would have come at me like that, I would have been like, really? And you think you're doing your research? Cause you don't even know what you're talking about. But I don't usually put things out there like that. But anyway, there was the lesson in that. So it was good because, you know, she learned from disappointment and from somebody coming at her. And yeah, sales is sales. There's nothing in life that is not sales. It doesn't matter what you do. You could be a dentist. Guess what? You need clients, you need patients, or you have no practice. Um, but anyway, so I, I thought that that's, that's really kind of applicable to, you know, practice self-compassion, set a new goal, learn from the experience. I mean, there's so much to say about just that one little piece that happened earlier today, actually. So it was something that I laughed because I've already been through that. Um, but she went through her own learning experience and um, talk about setting new goals. I set her goal for her today. Her goal for her today was you're sick, go to bed. But anyway, that's my goal for her today. Uh, hopefully she listened, but sorry, go for it, Lisa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's experience is your greatest ally. <laughs> so she mm -hmm. went through that experience, which was disconcerting for her, kind mm -hmm. of pulled her back a bit, took her back. 
but now her lesson and her learning experiences, now she knows more about these agencies and how they connect in with what she's selling. And now as you work with her and mm-hmm. she works, you know, she now can handle that objection so much better going forward. Mm-hmm. And objections is part of sales. You know, it just mm-hmm. is. You, the mm-hmm. more you, you, but you can be told how to handle objections, but until you experience handling an objection, will you truly understand the depth of what can happen in that and how you, it can build your confidence once you've had a few, you know, like, whoa, that mm-hmm. pushed me back. Okay, let me lean into the experience and now armed with new information so that if it happens again, boom, 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 I'm right there on the spot. And then that will build confidence. Mm-hmm. So confidence doesn't just show up. Confidence mm. happens when we're knocked back. How can we move? How can we adjust? How can we move forward? How can we learn? How can we grow? How can we, you know, align our goals with realistic expectations, things like that. Um, I love this part in um, Evan Almighty, the movie. <laughs> mm. I draw in a lot of old movies, but there's a part in there I with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Uh, and and he and Morgan Freeman sits down with the wife, and she's you know uh, Evan who is uh, Steve Carell I think it is, and uh, he thinks he's Noah. <laughs> anyway, I won't go into the whole big plot. But anyway, so she's upset. He is Noah. Because, yes, he is Noah. Yes, he is Noah. The modern <laughs> he day Noah. Think he's Noah. He's yes. Noah. Yes, but he goes through his own process with yeah, that. Right. But she's upset because she said she prayed for her family to come become closer. And he, the most beautiful piece, I actually took a little piece of this into my course, <laughs> in my online program. And he says, well, do you think if you pray for uh, your family to get close, he's just going to bring you closer? Or will he give you opportunities to become closer by, you know, you know, temptation of growing apart? That's where you're really going to find mm-hmm. if you can get closer or not. Or do you think if you pray for patience, God is just going to give you patience or will it give you opportunities, opportunities. to be patient? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if Absolutely. he, if you pray for courage, is he just going to give you courage or is he going to give you opportunities to be courageous? Oh, it's like I my integrity. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Integrity. Yeah. For me. So people, yeah. So people are asking for all these higher things. Then guess what? You're going to get opportunities to become those things because of the opportunity is often rooted in challenge and disappointment. Yep. And I will say on, on the goal note, and this is just for everybody out there, everybody out there, don't move the goalpost, change your activity to reach the goal. Don't change the goal, whatever the goal is, um, whether it's weight loss, fitness, work, sales, I mean, whatever your goal is on how you want to be a better person, don't change the goal. Know the goal. Keep your eye on the goal. And if you're not getting where you need to be, don't change the goal. Change the activity. Well, I would just say for for a lot of goals, that's absolutely correct, right? That's absolutely true. But there are some people who are trying to achieve goals that really aren't aligned with Mm. where they're supposed to be. So there is mm-hmm. a caveat to that, right? So yes, 
for being healthy, uh, growing personally, all that stuff. Yes, keep those goals intact and stay connected to those goals. Mm -hmm. And then just figure out how to get there. Mm-hmm. But sometimes people are setting goals that aren't truly right for them, for their lives or for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that would be the, that would be Great the time I would point. say. Great yeah. point. Great point. Yeah. That is so true. Um, yeah. So knowing your situation, your own personal yeah. situation, right? Um, and then like you and I've talked about so many times, you start over here, but the path to get to here is not ever going to be a straight line. It's going to be Never all all big. So, you know, if the goal is here and it's a healthy goal and it's, you know, a realistic, healthy goal for you Mm -hmm. and your starting points here, just trust that all of this is, is the experience. It's the beautiful experience on the lessons that you learn along the way. Yep. And that's the just paved with disappointment and sadness (laughs) and frustration and all that stuff. But it's also paved with other things positive too. Uh, Mm -hmm. Achievement, success, love, um, kindness, compassion, adjustment, uh, you know, learning how to adjust and, and move through this interesting thing called life. Yeah. Amen. Isn't that well said? Well, I think that that's, I think that nailed it. I think we're good there. Yes. We're good there. So thanks for joining us. And just remember that disappointment is just part of the package. So you can get through it. And hopefully we helped you uh, give you some steps to do so today. Absolutely. Thank you all for your time today and have a beautiful week. Mm -hmm.